Welcome to the Caring for Seniors podcast. My name is Lee Zia. And I'm Samantha Bowen. And we're here to simplify aged care for you and your family. Michelle is a solicitor at Partners Wealth Group and an expert whose work empowers clients to communicate their wants and needs to their loved ones and plan for their estate documents in a way that works for them. As a regular presenter across Australia on estate planning, binding financial agreements and powers of attorney laws, Michelle definitely is the perfect person to talk to us about what powers of attorney can mean for you and your family. Good morning, Michelle. How are you going? Good morning. Well, thanks, Lee. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on Caring for Seniors podcast. Sure. Um, to start off with, uh, I guess um, I would get you to just tell us a bit more about your role at Partners Wealth Group. Okay. Uh, I'm a solicitor in the Partners Legal Law Firm, which is a company within the Partners Wealth Group umbrella. Other divisions within Partners Wealth Group include a big self-managed superannuation component, financial advisory, and also mortgage and lending. I see. And in terms of legal, is there something that you're focused on? Yes. So the majority of my work is in the wills and estates area. That's great. And I guess that's why we're talking about the topic of powers of attorney. Exactly. So I guess um, for most people out there, they've probably heard of the term. Um, But can you tell us, I guess, more specifically, what types of powers of attorney are there? Yes. And what does it allow people to do? Okay, good start. So in Victoria, there are three enduring powers of attorney. The term enduring means the power that you give endures or continues even if you lose capacity. Mm -hmm. And there's one non-enduring type as well, which would stop if you did happen to lose capacity. I see. So the three enduring types can cover financial decisions, medical treatment decisions, and also personal decisions, which were previously phrased guardianship matters. Right. And can you give us some quick examples of one of each, please? Yes. So a financial attorney can make any financial or legal decisions on your behalf, And one big example is they could sell your home. A medical treatment agent, another name for the attorney under that document, can make medical and dental decisions on procedures on your behalf. And a personal attorney can make guardianship decisions such as where you might live if it can't be at home. Okay. And just turning back to that um, term enduring, does the power last once, um, I guess, the principal has passed away as well? No, that's a good question. Powers of attorney only have effect whilst the principal is alive. Mm -hmm. So on the day someone passes, powers of attorney cease to exist, really. Okay. And in your experience, under what circumstances... A clients coming to you to engage in these, uh, I guess, agreements? Okay. Well, there's a pretty wide range of clients, really, who adopt powers of attorney as part of their estate plan. Anything from lots of people in their 30s who might be moving overseas or making a set of valid documents to cover any situation that could arise, right through to people in retirement 
who are finalising all of these sorts of decisions and having everything put down in writing? I guess, uh, for example, for the younger demographic people in their 30s, um, there's probably less concern around, for example, medical and personal. How's it turning probably more around to financial? Correct, Is that right? correct. Um, in general, the financial ones would be used more than the medical in that age group. Okay. But I guess you just never know. Yeah, yeah. And for the more senior population, um, what are some of the typical examples that you see when clients come to you? Uh, with financial mm-hmm. in particular? Okay. So if someone's moving into an aged care facility or they're just having a little bit of trouble managing their affairs, they need a bit of help, or in fact they have been deemed to have lost capacity, that's when their attorney would step in and some of the main decisions or tasks the attorney would undertake include paying regular bills, um, attending to mortgage repayments if there's a mortgage on a property, um, assisting with financial transactions which could even include accessing superannuation, paying an aged care facility for example their monthly fees, all of those sorts of things. Okay something like this would probably be done better earlier than rather than later? Yes Um, so we advise people to make these sorts of documents Mm -hmm together with wills mm-hmm. as well, um, whilst they're of sound mind, whilst they don't have any pressing health issues or concerns, and they can make all of these decisions in a relatively relaxed environment, rather than perhaps when something does start to happen and there might be an illness or um, onset of dementia or something, and it's just a bit more of a stressful time. That's a very good point. And in terms of nominating someone to have that ability to make decisions on your behalf yes who can that be okay so you can nominate um, pretty much anyone you choose to be your attorney obviously it must be someone you trust implicitly they must be an adult that is over the age of 18 your attorney cannot be a bankrupt they must be solvent And they cannot be a care worker or a care provider. And can you clarify that? Because I know most of our audience is probably out there taking care of their family members and their loved ones. Uh, Does that exclude them from? Uh, No, not a family member. If you're living in a nursing home or an aged care facility, you can't nominate a worker at that uh, place of residence. As in a professional carer that you're paying for those services to be... Um, applied. That's correct. If you don't have um, one of those above-mentioned people, you can also have a professional person as a financial power of attorney, and that can be only a lawyer or an accountant. And one more thing is you can nominate joint attorneys. It doesn't just have to be one attorney. So some people prefer to have two or three attorneys acting together and making joint decisions. And that could be a combination of a professional and someone that might be from within the family or a good friend? Is yes, that right? yes. Sometimes people like to go for that option, one professional and one friend or family member. Okay. And what can your attorney, what, what powers do they have? What can they do? Okay, well, your attorney must always act in your best interests. That is the principal's best interest. They have a duty not to abuse their power. 
can you give us an example of something that is abusing of the power? Yes, well, a, a quite an obvious example would be using the principal's funds for the attorney's own use. Mm-hmm. So going down to the bank, withdrawing X amount of hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. and using that for the attorney rather than for the principal. I see. And I'm assuming that the legal system would have um, some form of accountability built in to prevent that happening? Yes, it is against the law to mm-hmm. abuse your power as an attorney. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in Victoria, laws changed on the 1st of September 2015. Mm-hmm. And there are now stronger penalties for an attorney who has been found to have abused their power. The strongest one being up to five years imprisonment. Oh, that's very serious. And I would be assuming that these laws getting stricter would be to prevent um, abusing the system or... Yes, partly. That was one of the reasons the laws were looked at being changed. Um, You may have heard of the term elder abuse, which generally refers to an attorney using their power against the principal. Mm -hmm. And sadly, that's often a child Mm -hmm. against an older parent. I see. Mm. That's a sad um, situation. Sure. And Michelle, what are some of the other changes since the new laws have come into effect last year? Okay, one more is that the principal must now sign their power of attorney in front of someone who can take an affidavit. Okay. So pretty much that's a member of the legal profession. Prior to September last year, Mm -hmm. the principal could sign in front of anyone who could take a stat deck, a statutory Mm -hmm. declaration. So that was a whole host of people. But now it's a lot stricter and generally you must see a lawyer to have that document validly signed, dated and witnessed. Good to know. Once um, a power of attorney is in place, um, should, for example, my parents lose capacity to make that decision, who determines at what point that is? Okay. Um, Most people are happy for their power of attorney document to specify that it can have effect immediately if required. So you might come in, make your power of attorney sign and have it witnessed. Mm -hmm. And if something happened to you the following week, your attorney could start to act. Some people aren't comfortable with that idea. Mm -hmm. So there are some other options. You can elect to have the power of attorney begin on a set date in future. For example, that might be on your 80th birthday or on a date in future when you know you're moving into an aged care facility or or even going overseas. Or you can elect to have the attorney step in upon one or two medical practitioners certifying that you have actually lost capacity. So there's a few options there. Right, right. So it is that opinion of a medical professional or several medical professionals that can trigger the um, attorney to be empowered. Yes. Yeah. If if the principal elects for it to be that way, mm-hmm. then that's the only time that would come into effect. I see, I see. And what is the process of going about putting some of these documents in place? 
Okay, so generally we would meet with the client mm-hmm. um, at our office or sometimes that's at their place of residence, mm-hmm. take instructions, mm-hmm. talk about the sorts of decisions each attorney can make depending on the different power. And then we draft the documents, let the client have a look at them, see if they want to make any changes. And the final step is attending to the valid signing and witnessing of both the principal and of the attorneys, accepting their power. And as a client, what type of fees can we expect? Okay. Um, We generally charge in the range of $300 to $350 per power of attorney. Mm Mm-hmm. And less if that is included as part of a total estate plan, a total estate planning which package. Which is a broader... Yeah, thing. which can okay. include wills, superannuation nominations, and perhaps a joint contract to make mutual wills. Yeah. If, and if two people are making a plan together, mm-hmm. generally husband mm-hmm. and wife. Mm-hmm. And through that process, how do you, I guess, guide um, the people involved along this process? Okay, so we talk to them about specific examples Mm -hmm. of what can and cannot be included in each document type. Some people might like to limit the powers that their attorney can have. For example, they might want to put a clause in to say under no circumstances do they want their attorney to be able to sell the family home. We can put in specific clauses to say that the donor or the principal is happy for their attorney to step into their shoes as member, trustee or director of a self-managed super fund. And that can be quite important in case an SMSF is about to fall into breach with the ATO. Your attorney can step in and stop that. Uh, We can also talk to the clients about their individual circumstances and other things they might want to allow their attorney to do and specifically write that into the document. Mm -hmm. A common example there is allow the attorney to give monetary gifts to either the attorney and or children or grandchildren at each birthday, Christmas or on special occasions. You can also allow your attorney to pay their own medical expenses from your funds if you would wish that to be the case. So we would run through all of the examples, run through each document type, what can and can't be covered, and emphasise the importance of the power, you know, actually how powerful that power is. Yeah, it certainly sounds like once um, you provide that power to someone, they can literally do pretty much everything that you have the capacity to do at the moment. Yes. Okay. So it's very important to understand exactly what that is. Yes. There's two main things a financial attorney cannot do. Mm -hmm. One is they cannot make or change your will or any of your other estate planning documents. And why is that? Well, (laughs) well, to protect the principal. Mm -hmm. So they can't come along and appoint themselves executor under your will or sole beneficiary of your will. They can't come along and change the attorney either and nominate someone else in place of them perhaps. I see. And the other main thing they cannot do is to sign a stat deck Mm -hmm. on your behalf attesting to something that you witnessed perhaps a car accident for example. I guess it sounds um, uh, from a legal sense 
the the aspect of a will and a power of attorney, they are separate things. Yes. But um, at the same time, there's a lot of reason for them to, uh, I guess, be implemented um, as a whole process so that everything's in place um, to prevent, I guess, families freaking out <laughs> when it comes to that time of duress, right? Yes. So commonly our clients do make a new will at the same time as making powers of attorney. I see. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Michelle, for your time today. Thanks, Lee. Michelle, for any of our listeners who might have a question or be seeking your professional service, how can they get in touch with you? Okay, thanks, Lee. They can contact me, Michelle Savage, on 1800 333 143 or go to our website, www.pwg.com.au. If there's a topic you would like us to explore or have feedback about the show, do get in touch with us via email, caringforseniorspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. That's caringforseniorspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week and take care.